What's up everyone? What's going on? I am sitting here in my backyard. It's finally nice out enough in the in New England to sit outside in the sun and not be freezing cold. So been up for over 24 hours, which brings me to my first podcast sponsor, Nova 3 Labs, because I just took their Max Adrenal. Max Adrenal helps your body perceive stress differently, recover from it better, deal with it better. All that low grade chronic stress that we deal with nowadays that our kind of caveman brain is not used to dealing with. We're just, we're wired to deal with like chase something down or run away, you know, not rent is due and crap, I didn't like make dinner for tonight. Oh, when's that babysitter got to come? I forgot or all those things, but that plus max sleep, that stuff helps me sleep deeper. I don't wake up as groggy. I really, really intense dreams that are awesome. I'll be taking that stuff tonight for sure. I'm exhausted. I just want to, you know, completely zonk out and wake up completely refreshed. So, and they make other amazing high-quality supplements as well. Go to Nova3Labs.com. Use the promo code AlphaBrew and you'll save 15% off of your order. Another podcast sponsor for this episode is Element 26. I have their belt in my back seat right now. I read one. Element 26 is crushing the workout accessory game. They make amazing belts with a self-locking roller, so they adjust very easily and quickly on the go. Uh, They can loosen very easily on the go. They have enough support. You can do a lot of good functional movements like full depth squats in them, lunges, etc. They just made some really awesome new carbon fiber grips that I take everywhere when I travel as well. Um, It covers the entire hand, so when you're doing... A lot of pull-ups or bar movements that, you know, gymnastic in nature. It's not going to tear up little bits of your fingers that are still exposed from regular gymnastics grips. They also make very good grip tape as well. Go to element26, that's the number 26.co, and you can save 15% off your order if you use the promo code AlphaBrew. Today's like a good... (laughs) I've literally used every single one of my sponsors today. Um, Imam Box, I literally just grabbed something out of there today to use. They are an awesome subscription box that will curate and tailor awesome products at a very good value and ship it to your door every single month. And the best thing I like about this is it kind of exposes me to brands that would take me a lot longer to find because I'm not just on Amazon or like searching for stuff to buy. So when it pops up to my door, I'm like, oh, who are these guys? Oh, wow. Sweet. I didn't, I didn't know they made this. I didn't know they existed. This is awesome. And the products were always good. Um, go to Emombox. That's E-M-O-M. Emombox.com. Use the promo code AlphaBrew. And you will save 15% off of your order. We're also brought to you by Truest U. Truest U is another one of my staples for just health and dealing with stress and stuff. They make amazing CBD products. I was using it this morning because... We'll drop a CBD episode soon, but CBD actually helps with sleep deprivation. It helps your body recover and deal with sleep depth better than if you didn't have it, which is pretty awesome. But I use that for inflammation, sleep, you know, anxiety, depression, all that stuff. And they're one of the best in the game, I think, because they are taking such a thorough approach about how they formulate their CBD products. If you go to Truest U, Y-O-U, truestu.com. Use the promo code AlphaBrew. You'll save 25% off of your order. And of course, every episode is brought to you by us because it's our fucking podcast. But 
We make dope coffee. I don't, I don't know, it keeps on every episode. Um, some of our very unique ones are the barrel-aged bourbon coffee. We take a barrel that's used to age bourbon from Taconic Distilleries, and we take a Honduran single-origin coffee, a raw bean, and we let it sit in that barrel for four weeks, and it soaks up the moisture in the wood from that bourbon, and that end result is 100% freedom. It's it's just like um, you, you squeeze that bag, and it just smells amazing, like hints of vanilla, like spice, um, just like this really, really rich, warm coffee. Perfect for Memorial Day. Use the promo code Alpha Brew. You'll save twenty percent off your order. We also make CBD coffee. That's our best seller now. All the benefits, performance, health-wise for that, and of course our regular ground coffees have nootropics. You know, better energy, better focus, less jitters, less crash, all combined with specialty-grade coffee, the highest coffee, like the highest quality coffee you can really get. It's not just rebagged Folgers, folks. <laughs> That's a lot of the jokes going around today with like better known coffee. It's just, oh, this is just Folgers with a new label. Um, I'll just say it right now, dude. Like, I, I'll guarantee that you'll like our coffee. And if not, DM us. I'll give you a refund. You don't have to ship the coffee back or anything. Our guest for this episode is Mike Rohan. Mike Rohan is one of the instructors for Dark Angel Medical. And this is a cool episode for a lot of you guys who aren't, you know, law enforcement or military because we start going into. Something that a lot of us don't ever think about, but is super important. It's basically like having a fire extinguisher in your house. You never really think about it, but man, if you ever need that thing, you're going to be glad you had it. And that's this episode is medical training. Um, Very simple, effective medical training and preparedness, not just training, but having gear just in your car that sits there. It's easily accessible. Having it on you sometimes, we go into that. Um, Really cool episode, and we talk about how... All this evolved, and it came from the top down, like all things do. It came from the top down with learning lessons um, from, you know, service members deployed over in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, really cool guy. Um, got to hang out with him in Seattle. Luckily, we were just at the same the same place at the same time. Good dude. Dark Angel Medical. Back when I was in the military, Dark Angel Medical was like one of the most well-known like medical companies too so it's pretty cool to finally get to teach, uh, speak with someone from that company but without further ado mike rohan good rounds good rounds yeah i mean F- we can we can kind of let it flow and then fuck it bro uh, let's do it live yeah, yeah yeah screw it so mike rohan is that proper that's yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Mike from Dark Angel Medical. That'll work. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's fucking start this bad, Larry. All right, guys. Today I've got Mike from Dark Angel Medical uh, in the military and law enforcement world. Probably one of the most popular trauma medical training companies out there. Sipping a giant mug of coffee. Big old mug of coffee. How's yeah. it going, man? How you We're doing? Good. Just got back from the gym. Um, literally this is like an impromptu, like we just put this together last minute. So thank you for being super gumby on that. Um, where, where are you at right now? Uh, sitting here, uh, at my desk in Portland, Maine, uh, getting ready to drive down to New Jersey tomorrow, Franklin township, going to teach a little weekend class down there. So should be fun. It'll be a weekend long class. 
Yeah, it'll be a Saturday, Sunday. So that's our, our basic dart class or direct action response training. Okay. So what does that use? Is that mostly uh, acute trauma based stuff? Yeah. So we go over uh, kind of everything from the initial scene safety to uh, how the body works. And that that's kind of an important thing about our class is I can teach a monkey to put a tourniquet on, but I can't teach a monkey why. And so our class goes from kind of, right. It goes, you know, from top down, like looking at it and saying, okay, well, this is what the human body is. You know, you're not going to walk out of here with like a degree in phlebotomy or a degree in like neurology, but you're going to have a general idea of why you need to put a tourniquet on versus packing a wound versus putting a chest seal uh, and what's going on with the physiology of that body. So we start off with that and then we start getting into injuries, how to recognize them, uh, what they are and how to treat them. Uh, and then just hands on, which is my favorite part. So that's about our, our two days in a nutshell in about the simplest sense, but almost all trauma. We do go over uh, some medical things, but I know I tell folks uh, at, at the beginning of all my classes, I say, hey, you know, there's two different types of medical emergencies. There's medical and then there's trauma. And a Red Cross, you know, first aid CPR class is different than our trauma class. And that, you know, it behooved them to also take that course uh, because, a Red Cross class can take eight hours to teach you CPR. And I don't want to take eight hours to teach you that when I still have so much to cover when you only have a Saturday and a Sunday with me. So as much as I'd love to give everyone the, the six month, 12 month, three year, 18 year, you know, medical training that uh, medical providers have, we got two days with you. What would DART really cover in terms of its class? Is it going to cover like do you just sprained your ankle pretty bad or broke something in a hike up to including like you just got into a pretty, a pretty bad car accident? What does that usually entail that people are going to walk away feeling capable and proficient on? Yeah. So what we do is we, we essentially are covering um, from minor nicks, bruises, abrasions, you know, what you're doing, how you're treating them. But not only that, we, we cover that specifically so that way, uh, you can walk up to a scene and go, okay, I know what that is, but that's not going to kill them. That I need to take care of. That's an amputation, that's bleeding, or that's an open fracture with a bone sticking out. So uh, our big thing is, is giving you the knowledge to be able to make these decisions and do the best that you can for the patient at the moment. Uh, because none of us are surgeons, right? You know, So even if you were to come across a car accident, you're not going to walk up and be like, Look at that bone just sticking out of that leg. You're not going to take, you're not going to get out there with your hammer and chisel and be like, here we go. Let's just hammer this thing back in place. And you've been surgerized. Have a great day. Right. Yeah. Our, our goal is, is to basically break it down as simple as possible. So that way, when you walk up to a car crash, you know that you need to take care of massive hemorrhage, then airway, then the breathing then their circulation, then the brain, and so on. And, and you have these step-by-step -step with little kind of mini tree algorithms that gives you confidence, uh, especially if it's someone that you care about or want to take care of. So, and I think that's uh, leading, now leading a good point to the next topic is what's the – what do people would probably assume that you're only teaching like military contractors and law enforcement EMTs, what is the population breakdown civilian versus non-civilian in your classes usually? Yeah. So our open enrollment classes, uh, like this New Jersey class that I'm teaching here in just a 
no, two days. Um, it is, uh, it's hosted at a police department, but it's open enrollment. And so it'll be predominantly um, a lot of concealed carriers, uh, but also people that work in uh, shops, factories, loading docks uh, that have seen guys just get crushed or uh, have seen <laughs> skill saws. You know, when I'm teaching out in the Midwest, people are always coming in with a story. Every person who's a farmer has a story about a, a rogue combine just kind of rolling through and taking limbs. Um, so, you know, the, the biggest portion of our class uh, at the moment is industry professionals or industry folks that are in the industry in terms of like firearms, because that's how they hear about Dark Angel. They say, <clears throat> okay, well, I'm carrying, what can I do to be a better responsible citizen? Uh, and a lot of times they bring in their friends or they tell a friend that doesn't carry because you don't have to have any knowledge of firearms to take a medical class. In fact, I'd rather you take a medical class first. So that way when you're learning something dangerous like firearms or driving an automobile or running a lawnmower in your yard, uh, you know how to take care of yourself. Um, that's, that's hilarious. Like I say that all the time and it's not to bash at all like the tactical community who are civilians because you know i think we're probably both on the same wavelength like i think if you are a civilian and you want to be familiar with weapons and firearms and train yourself accordingly i think a well a well-trained civilian uh population for like as a civilian militia is very important i think it's useful but i think that industry tends to feed a lot on fear and it's always be ready, always be ready. EDC, everyday carry for those who don't realize EDC, EDC. It's like, yeah, dude, like you got a $3,000 Glock, but like how quickly can you put that tourniquet on? Do you know how to use it? Do you have one? Right. So like you're more likely to come across a car accident driving to work than you are like a mass casualty situation. And I, that's a, like a super good point about having that like a proficiency in medical training to be a good Samaritan is far more likely to come up in your life than a mass like casualty situation that you'd have to respond to and save the day. Um, 100%. And I, and I tell folks, you know, like one of the first things I do at the beginning of classes is I ask folks, you know, who, who concealed carries different folks, raise their hand. Uh, and then I then say, okay, put your hands down. Now who's seen a car crash in the last week? people put their hands up. I tell them to keep their hands up. And then I extend it out a month, a year until I've got the whole class raising their hands. And I go, I'm not telling you not to carry a firearm. That's your choice. You know, that's, that's your constitutional right. You do you. Right. But we don't think about carrying a med kit and yet we see car crashes on the regular. We see accidents, you know, before we did this podcast, you were talking about kind of moms, parents, you know, with school age children. And I joke, uh, to my buddies all the time, especially parents, <clears throat> especially single moms that I'm trying to, you know, hit on, uh, like, <laughs> you know, you, you're pretty much a medic, uh, because Marines are like children, right? So a corpsman's entire Dumb job ones, is, yeah, yeah. Is, is, to, is to keep Marines from killing themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's all yep. children are doing is they're jumping off beds. They're playing with things that they shouldn't. They've got forks and electrical sockets. Yep. And I'm like, but you know, so as a parent, it's, it's a miracle that we have our children surviving as long as they do. But uh, to learn the, the skills to be able to take care of not only our kids, but the, the neighbor's kid that came over, 
Yep. Um, it is. It's, it's not just about shooting. Um, and, and yeah, that's what, you know, dark angel, uh, we've kind of, that's our bread and butter. Like we go and teach at industry, you know, companies, we go teach, you know, police departments and, um, and the military going down and working with those guys. But the ones that I feel the best about the ones that I enjoy the most teaching, uh, is our, is our civilian counterparts. I hate saying civilian cause I'm a civilian, right? Um, but just the people who aren't involved in any of those communities, I love it when I have a school teacher. Last year uh, in our classes, we gave out two free slots uh, to for every single class for for a school teacher to sign. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and 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 it, it's that those ones are the ones that I'm like, thank you so much for coming out because you're going to be the person who can help. You know, not that everyone else in the class can't, but. These are folks that wouldn't normally come otherwise that either found out by way of luck or someone dragged them out. And I'm glad that they took the time to do that to be a better prepared citizen. Yeah. Well, I'd say like, if anything, I'm a big believer in the top down model. Like if you guys are very proficient and very well known to teach the highest level of like, you know, trauma, combat, casualty care, then your ability to teach everything below that is usually much easier, right? If you can teach, you know, a very life-threatening bleed um, or airway situation, then your ability to probably teach other small things like cuts, bruises, and sprains is much higher. And like you said earlier, the ability to triage priorities and stuff like that. Like my my kid, my kid has O three eleven just written in his genes. Like he ate crayons until like, he probably still eats crayons. He eats rocks. Like he's a savage dude. He just jumps off of everything. He's doing like 180 jumps off of big boxes. And he jumped off of our chair in our closet and he landed, but I didn't see it. There was a pair of toy, like food tongs and they're metal. And they have those ridges, those bumps on the end. And he sliced his toe wide open. And He screamed like he really hurt himself. And I was like, what's the, what happened? And I pick him up and it's just bleeding. It was bleeding everywhere. It was bleeding enough that I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is going to have to probably get glued or stitched. It's not going to kill him. But uh, I had to like carry him around with like blood dripping everywhere. And, you know, to know, to know, to be calm enough to take him to, to urgent care. A lot of parents are going to be, because they don't know what a lot of blood looks like, right? You take people like we had those quizzes online, like pour four ounces of blood on the ground and like Graham's law, that thing spreads out. It looks like a ton of blood, but in reality, you're like, that's not that much blood, right? Like that was a, that's a decent bleed. And that's a great skill for moms, teachers to have, um, to know that stuff. Just think about like, so now we're, we're finally starting to, you know, get teachers into like the Stop the Bleed, which is a national campaign coming up here in May uh, for free bleeding control classes across the country. Um, but just think about the play structures that you and I played on uh, in like the 90s. Now, for everyone listening that's older than us, well, I'm, I'm sorry, yours was chiseled out of stone and dinosaurs. But <laughs> the people in our age group, right, you know, these are the the scalding hot slides you know that we were getting burned on uh the teeter-totter that would come slam down on a kid walking by because you try and launch him in the air yeah one spinny whirly thing like you just you hear about all the broken arms and all the broken bones and bleeding and cutting and it's it's just being able to recognize a 
you know, is this something that I need to be able to kind of just boiling down to how much, how much stock should I put in this emergency? Right. You know, cause every cut on a, on a kid or a person is, is some form of emergency. Cause you want to stop it. Right. All bleeding is bad. Uh, but having the knowledge to go, okay, Hey, you cut your, your toe, bud. Uh, let's just put pressure on it versus, Oh my goodness, let me get my tourniquet out. Right. You don't need a tourniquet for everything. And I, unfortunately, I think that's the way we're going with uh, some medical training companies is, is going out and saying, yeah, if you see bleeding tourniquet, you can't go wrong. And it's like, well, that's not really teaching medicine. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Just like a bandaid fix for everything pun intended. Um, what would you say is the important, like, being able to uh, know how much stock to put into something and having the confidence, like if you've, if you've ever, I'm sure you've responded to thousands of calls, even if it's something that's not like, it's a car accident where like you don't see any C-spine, massive bleeding, brakes. I got to imagine for most people, just having someone who displays confidence and calmness is super um, reassuring right? For an adult or for a kid to be like, Hey bud. Okay. Yeah. We got like a, got a little boo-boo here. Like, all right, well, we're going to be good. Let's just, let's just do these two things. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, and it's not, it's, it's about displaying that outward confidence, you know? So yes. Yeah. For basically everyone, right. Yeah. I, I can't walk up to a car crash and know what's going on inside it. I can't, you know, without going up and taking a look in there. So Every time you poke your head in a car crash, every time you poke your head around a corner to a fall, uh, you don't know what you're going to see. But the more you mentally prepare yourself, either by going through scenarios or those mental repetitions that, you know, we're all about in uh, athletics, uh, is, is the better off you'll be. Because when I see a car crash, you know, I'm going to put my gloves on. And while I'm putting the gloves on, I'm going to start running through my head the injuries that I think I might see in that car crash. But even if it's the least damaged car crash in the world, I still need to treat it like it's a rollover that went like 70 times just flipping down and just crazy. You're like, how does that even physically happen? But you have to treat it like that because otherwise you're going to walk up and you're going to be super nonchalant because you want to be confident to help them be calm, right? Talk to them. You know, who are you? What's your name? calming and reassuring especially because you're about to start touching them so you got to give them like you don't want to be like so um i just saw this and, um, and, and what's wrong and they're just like whoa get away from me right yeah. <laughs> like hey look I'm, I'm mike from dark angel medical I'm, I'm here to help what happened you know and they're like well i got in a car crash and you're like do you mind if i start checking you i need to make sure that there's not any injuries that i don't see and then you just start doing that and the first thing you're doing is the blood sweep because, you know, what we found uh, <laughs> since basically the Iraq-Afghanistan war is that um, we were doing kind of trauma wrong, as I'm sure you know. And, and, and it's starting to trickle out. But it used to be taught we're going to take care of their airway, their breathing, and then circulation. Uh, and, and that's changed to massive hemorrhage, airway, respiration, then their circulation. So... That changed, that changed midway. Like we went through one, one pre-work, like workup for deployment and it was airway first, ABC. And then the next one, it changed and it fucked us all up. Cause we were just like, airway, airway. Like, no, 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 we're digging yeah. bleeds now. Bleeds we're like, Oh, 
Let me go Roger that. Like, if I could, like, had to, had to beat it into us. Like, listen, listen, blood, bleeding first, bleeding first. Like, okay, fine. Um, yeah, yeah it, it changed, right? It's, I was still in when it changed, and that was a big change for us was to, like, beat that out of us. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and so with that, like, you know, even if you don't think that you see a bleed, but with trauma – so many injuries can occur at once, you know? So like with a car crash like that, then I'm going to make sure that they're not bleeding before I deal with anything else. Um, the big thing is, is you, you can never be prepared for any scenario, but what you can be prepared to do is, is break it down simply, you know? So if I walk up and I know that I just need to find bleeds first, okay, there's no bleeds. What's next? Oh, airway. Are they talking to me? Well, their airway's open. Are they not talking to me? Okay, I'm going to open their airway. And just keep it that simple allows you as the first responder with either zero experience and you just took a class or zero experience and you've been training your whole life. You just haven't had the chance to respond to something. And it's that that allows you to be outwardly confident, you know, for your patient to help calm them down because you don't want to be that guy coming up like, oh my goodness, and you just your hands are all freaking out. It it doesn't help anyone, including yourself, uh, trying to grab supplies and you flail <laughs> so. it in the air. That's like yeah. the. Uh, did I listen to Andy Stump? Obviously, I think I want to say one of his stories where you know he got he got shot, uh, you know, in the right up too high up for a tourniquet in the in the leg and. Finally, he like he basically like kicked himself under a truck and just hung out there. And then finally, um, you know, like QRF arrived and there was like a brand new super green Air Force med tech. And he pulls out like something for Yeah, he pulls out like a, a giant gauge IV and he goes, he goes, OK, you're done. Don't don't even like touch me again. We're over over here. He stuck it in him. It didn't go very well. But uh, and that's like another story, too, is. My wife's gonna hate me for this, dude. This is years ago. We were eating sushi, and I think she like, for whatever reason, she started choking, and I went straight to Yut, like Marine Corps Learning Institute. Are you like first step? Like, can you breathe? Are you okay? And like me screaming in her face to see if she can talk and see if she can breathe and be like, I am going to assist you now. And then like jumped up behind her. <laughs> I, this is in a, at a restaurant in Queens, like a nice part of Queens. I get up, I my chair like goes flying. I get up so fast. I get up, I, I, I kick her feet. Like I'm in the fucking Paris Island, like all, all super like moto. Kick her feet. I start giving her the Heimlich. And then like this... It's an all. It's entirely Japanese, like wait staff. The lady comes up and shoves a napkin, like a, a cloth paper napkin, in her face, so that even if I were to like actually get that thing to come out, it was like gonna still be in her mouth because I don't think she wanted, I don't think she wanted the other like customers there to see a piece of food fly out of her mouth. And she's like, oh, like I'm in nursing school. I was like, get the fuck away from us right now because she was just like yeah. smothering her while i'm giving her the heimlich which is like in real life you know maybe i was doing it wrong but like it's not the most comfortable thing in the world right 
No. But uh, yeah. yeah, me me being like supermoto, and then her like shoving that thing in her mouth was like a horrible experience for my life. But uh, I saved her yeah. life, so it's like whatever. Um, yes, whatever. She's alive. Yes, she owes me her gratitude. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Remember that time I saved your life? Yeah. The Marine was here. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like, um, kind of that's important about, you know, A, your, you know, your Heimlich story, right? So, at number one, we don't even call it the Heimlich anymore because that guy went off the deep end crazy. Because you can't, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you can still do it. We just call it abdominal thrusts. <laughs> Tell the story about that uh, real quick. Why can't we call it the Heimlich anymore? Like, uh, why can't you, for commercial purposes, call it the Heimlich? So what did he do? Um, and and again, anyone that watches this, understand that uh, I slept in late and I'm on just one cup of coffee trying to remember uh, gossip. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, and this could be very wrong, so caveat... There you go. Uh, he was trying to cure AIDS by infecting people with other things. Oh, fuck. I, I did not. And, I thought you were going to tell a different story, but keep going. This is much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like, if, I, if I remembered more details on it, I would expound on it. But uh, essentially, he just kind of went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on uh, how to treat patients and was just going all sorts of crazy with it and so everyone's like whoa okay uh the heimlich maneuver we really like but let's not call it heimlich anymore <laughs> and so then they kind of just shoved him away and oh i i had always heard that he was just like he had obviously trademarked uh heimlich and if you weren't gonna pay this dude fucking money he was like i'm gonna sue you not that he was trying to cure AIDS with malaria. Is that what you're talking about? Is, is that what you just looked up? Yeah, I just jamied it like yeah. Joe Rogan style. And uh, yeah. obviously, we, I, I don't know. This is off of AP News. So who knows how accurate this is. Yeah. But uh, so that's, what, that's what I was told. And that's why I'm giving caveats like just crazy. I don't want uh, Dr. Heimlich to come like inject me with a malaria gun or anything. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's what I was told, and so I was like, "Wow, okay, well, abdominal thrusts it is." Um, but with that said, like, so that name change, right? Uh, and then leading back to kind of the airman that you were talking about, that was running up with the giant IV, and you guys running up and doing, you know, wanting to do ABC instead of CABC or March or Habsity or whatever, you know. Uh, letters and alphabet soup that we're doing today. Uh, but the big thing is, is even if you've taken a medical class uh, in the past is to keep yourself refreshed, keep yourself knowledgeable on what's going on. Yeah. The Heimlich name change isn't a big thing, but treating bleeding first is a huge thing because if I don't have any blood in my body, I can't carry oxygen. So what's the point of me pushing oxygen in if I don't have any blood to carry it? That's <laughs> So it's, it's it, science. It's stupid, but it's, it's science my really. Yeah. <laughs> how, how often would you recommend someone take a refresher course? Um, you know, so I, I, I every month I, folks, dark angel, medical talk. <laughs> around, take every class that we offer. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, so, you know, take, take your initial class. Uh, if it's been a few years, go take another one because medicine right now, especially during wartime, is nothing but changes. Uh, so there's always new stuff coming out and good, good refreshers. Uh, but, but truthfully, um, if you're a medic and you're not constantly reading new journals and new studies, then it might be time I am. to get out of medicine. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Throw, fucking throwing up shots. Um, uh, if <laughs> if no, I'm – go, yeah. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. So, you know what? It's a podcast. It's a good time for pedestals, right? Yeah. So, get on that stool, brother. <laughs> the internets, you know. Um, I've had medics on these things, and they, they come up, and they're like, I'm talking about tourniquet use. And a medic's like, I don't need tourniquets. And I'm like, why not? Why, why could you possibly – not need a tourniquet and they're like well you know if they're bleeding out a lot i've i've stopped all bleeds with direct pressure and i'm like okay so because you've been able to stop some bleeds with direct pressure you've decided that decades of science uh your personal experience just counteracts that and i don't actually engage these folks because i don't have time it would literally be from here until I am like Rip Van Winkle old, uh, answering every single one of these comments. But the thing that gets me on that is, medics, if you're putting direct pressure on someone with a bleed that's bad enough to kill them that could use a tourniquet, if you continue to put pressure on that direct bleed and they continue to bleed, when they stop bleeding, it might not be because you put direct pressure on them. It might be because they've run out of enough blood to push out against your direct pressure. And that's not good, right? Like that the is, BP, that the BP is, is the blood pressure is pretty low. <laughs> as it turns out, it's not good. Yeah. And so these guys, you know, they throw this, they're like, okay, I did it. I stopped the bleed. And then they send them to the hospital and they're like, I saved them. And that person ends up dying a few days later. No matter I... how is that just the dis i can't really fathom this um because i'm a rational human being but is that just a dissonance of like you said like i just put pressure on there because i can like half rep bench 315 four times and i send them off and i never see the aftermath again and they assume they lived why do they think that it's it's really the assumption and and I wrote an article about it uh, called evidence versus eminence. And it's essentially, we have evidence that says, you know, putting a tourniquet on faster, packing a wound faster with a hemostatic agent, putting chest seals on these save lives. But then we have eminence, which is the old medic, the old doctor, the person who says, well, it's always worked. We're not going to change. Or I'm doing it this way. Why would I need to change it? My patients survive but they don't follow up, get the aftermath or they do follow up and it's still good, but they're still not practicing best practice. They're doing what they've always done. And, you know, you think about it, like just because we used to drink Denny's coffee, right. Doesn't mean that we can't drink alpha brew coffee in a man cup. For those who aren't watching, he has a a man mug. What does that say? Uh, Man of the cliff. So it's a like man of the woods, but manlier. So just but manly, like reference. Uh, it, 
I don't, I don't know. I just, I, my wife saw him in concert. I don't know anything else about that album or that uh, individual. So like total disclosure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that, that's why you said earlier, like if you're not constantly keeping up the date on the research and the science and yeah. evidence-based practice, yes. you might want to get the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. That blows I mean, my mind. Down to like, so that that young medic that went to go put the large bore IV instead of packing the wound. Right? Yes. So when I first became a medic, uh, one of the biggest things was like, you can do IVs. So make sure you give them IVs. And at the time, that was the thing. We're like, yeah, we're going to give IVs. We're going to give them fluid. We're going to raise that blood pressure. And, and now with the updates, it's like I look back and I'm like, why did I carry so much IV fluid? <laughs> like IV fluid cannot carry oxygen. <laughs> so you're turning the dude into pasta water. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, thank you. My blood pressure's up, but I'm not carrying oxygen. I'm not taking trash out so I can breathe it out. So all you're doing is just making yourself feel better. So it, medicine's constantly changing. So when you say like, how often should you take a class? You know, for, for this level that I'm teaching, you know, at, at Dark Angel, the, the civilian class, right? Yeah. Um, just take a class with us, with someone, and as soon as you feel like you're not remembering something, you know, take another class. But make sure you're practicing in between. I don't care if it's our class. I don't care if it's our med kit. Uh, I just want you to take a class where you're learning something. You know, you're able to put that into practice and you're carrying a decent trauma kit uh, and able to put that into practice too. It doesn't matter if it's Dark Angel. The boss of Dark Angel says the same thing. We'd love it because it lets me keep working. But in the end, take, take a class. And if you feel like you need more information or you feel like you need a refresher, then go take another class. You know, people take pistol shooting classes like seven times a year they're out there like i'm going on to my other pistol class okay well if you feel like you need to refresh your pistol that much maybe you need to refresh your medical hopefully not that much hopefully i can get the knowledge across to you a little bit better than that but is, is that what you would define as practice then or um is there an additional maybe like once a week or some, the, the basically the what is the medical form if any of dry firing yeah. So tourniquet application um, is a huge one. You know, get a training tourniquet, practice one-handed, practice uh, one-handed on your leg, practice with your eyes closed in a closet, in a confined space, buckle yourself up in the car and press your arm against a door and try and put a tourniquet on with yourself pinned like you rolled over. Um, but it's really kind of just practicing as, as often as you can. Um, but within reason, right? I don't want you to get burnt out on the idea. And it's not just tourniquet application either. It's, it's the biggest thing that I love about our two day course uh, is you walk out of there and I give you so many different ways to practice, right? So I, I give you ways to do it without moulage and blood and cutting clothes off. I give you ways to pack wounds without having to go get a big old beef, tri-tip and shooting it and then packing that uh, or a big old expensive trainer. Um, and I, and I tell my folks in my class that no matter which type of class that you take, whether it's medical, whether it's a shooting course, whether it's, you know, some new workout, you know, kind of thing, it's like you, you learned it, but essentially you've got your driver's permit, 
right? And so if you walk out of my class and you've got your driver's permit, imagine sitting that on um, your nightstand and saying, I'll use that when I need it. Now, five years from now, all of a sudden you got to get in that car and drive someone to the hospital, but you haven't driven since you got that driver's permit. Now I look back at my 15, 16 year old self and I don't trust myself driving anywhere. So we drive every day, which gives us practice, you know, but understand that just cause you have the card, just cause you have the certification doesn't mean that you're ready to go. You need to take those and practice as much as you feel like you need to practice to be proficient in those skills. So that way, if you're in your car and your car rolls over and your child's in a seat behind you, but you're pinned in your seat, but you have to save your child, can you bend over backwards and be able to help your child while also stuck and bleeding out yourself? And if you can't, well, don't have regrets. Know that you did everything that you could, that you practiced as much as you could to be able to save your family, friends, or loved ones. So then would you possibly recommend not storing your Walgreens med kit like in the spare tire well of your trunk? Yeah. Situations so. like that. <laughs> Whoa, Walgreens. All right. <clears throat> the big thing, you know, kind of about what I talked about when we first started uh, was folks taking a, a Red Cross, you know, CPR class or American Heart Association or whatever brand, and then a class like ours, because there's medical and then there's trauma, right? Well, medical, most of the time is not life-threatening, okay? Most of the time. Now, there's obviously heart attacks and, and choking, like when you saved your wife's life, but you don't really need specific medical supplies, right, for a Heimlich maneuver, unless you want to shove a piece of paper on someone's face. Yeah. Um, but when I, what I think of like a, as a medical kit, whether it's the uh, adventure rescue kits at REI or the Walmart kits or Walgreens's little box that's like this big. Okay. Those are first aid. Those are first aid and medical kits. Never in my life, never in any of my time as a medic, have I had to run sprint and like, dive to like get to a band-aid to save someone that's like whenever people I'll, I'll ask them i'll be like you have a medical kit in your car and they're like yeah and they they tell me what it is they show it to me and it's like that cartoon meme where the guy the little kid's like wow this is worthless like it i'm just like cool dude band-aids and like bee sting liquid that doesn't do fucking anything and then people like look at me because i'm crazy because both of our cars have like ifax strapped to the headrest that you can grab from any driver yeah. position upside down and i'm like how do you i was like first of all do you have a med kit in your car yes or no and they're like okay where is it and like always like oh yeah it's in the trunk i'm like how the fuck are you gonna get to your trunk in a yeah. sedan or even an suv like yeah yeah okay cool think about that they're like oh that, that, that kind of makes sense way. That's why I bring that up about being rolled over or trapped in your seatbelt. You know, can you reach your life-saving supplies? Yeah. Um, can, you know, shove it in your door jam uh, or put it on your headrest, like the header available at darkangelmedical.com. Or Ooh, put it on your visor. Might need that. Visor available at darkangelmedical.com. Uh, <laughs> might, might there be a promo code that we could uh, make up real quick? Uh, so yeah, spring ready gets you 15% off right now. Spring ready. Perfect. No space. Uh, but 
because uh, I hate being a salesman. Uh, it really is about, you know, where's your kit? You know, if you're, if you're out cutting logs, you know, with a chainsaw, is your kit back in the house? You know, how quickly can you get to your kit? Uh, if you're out at this shooting range, you know, it's a 25 yard range, you're out practicing some draws and stuff at five yards and your bag is 20 yards away from you, or is it also in the vehicle? You know, you get in a car crash, having it in the trunk, that's, you got to have this stuff nearby because that's the biggest difference between first aid and trauma kit. A trauma kit you need right now to survive right now. I'm not going to need a Band-Aid, so I'm going to have that otherwise. And that's where, like, you, you come across these, these Internet kits that are like, we're the best first aid kit on the planet. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Facebook, for just showing me this every day. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, is just because it's got 150 pieces inside this med kit, doesn't mean that 145 of them are capable of saving your life. I mean, if anything, right, 150 pieces is like the Cheesecake Factory menu. You're like, there's just so much here. I can't decide what the fuck I want. It's almost too much. Yeah, and it's like it's going gonna, it's gonna to restrict you from actually finding what you need when you need it and like an information overload of like, well, do I want this butterfly-shaped gauze or do I want this crescent-shaped? You're like, just put the fucking gauze on. Um, yeah. But I, I, I guess – what we don't want to, what we don't want to, uh, like portray is like, bro, you need to have that, you need to have that miniature surgery kit on you at all times. Like, well, listen, man, if you take that course once a year, it's a weekend a year, and you put that thing where it's needed. That's like, that's like your fire extinguisher. Like, you have it. If you ever needed it, it's right there. Yeah. It's I'm not. I don't think either of us are trying to push like you need to constantly be ready at all times for red dawn to happen. And you just need to save everyone like the rock and every other movie he does. No, man, like this is a, a baseline, especially for parents, dude. I think that's probably pushes a lot of people to be like, man, maybe I should learn CPR. Like I might be responsible for saving someone's life. Um, do you think people go ahead? Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I, the biggest thing is, is, and people are always asking me, that's that, that's the question, you know, is, is what are we pushing, right? It's, I'm not pushing for you to be prepared for the train that goes off the rails in Washington. I'm not pushing you to be prepared for the Pulse nightclub. I'm not pushing you to be prepared for New Zealand or the Boston Marathon or Las Vegas or Bataclan in France. Okay. I'm not pushing you for that. I'm pushing you to be prepared for yourself, Right. Because you, in essence, are responsible for yourself. Now, if you're responsible for other people in your family, you know, whether it's little ones or an incredibly old person that you're pushing around in like a rascal scooter, I have an invisible child. He's been here with me the whole time. This is Timmy. He's got a crutch and he's always asking me for more porridge. I'm responsible for Timmy. Okay. So I carry med kits for me and Timmy. So in that regard, like, you know, one of the things that I like... I carry is just an ankle kit for me. You know, I've got my tourniquet. I've got my pressure bandage and my gloves and my uh, combat gauze and my chest seal and a flashlight. But that's for me. It's not my goal to be like, hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, do I need to break out my med kit to take care of you? Okay, well, if I get injured, then where am I at? 
So the more people that are prepared and being able to take care of themselves, the better. Uh, that was my next question, I guess, for people, for the crowd, who's just uh, all the concealed carry guys who are just ready for ISIS to come. Um, I'm kidding. All the guys who conceal carry, is that what you'd recommend? I mean, that ankle, did we talk on Instagram about this before? When I was like, yeah, probably. That was us. Cause I was, I was kind of just being a devil's advocate about like, it wasn't the ankle kit. It was the dudes who conceal carry like one, maybe two guns and then like three knives mm-hmm. and then a, then the tourniquet and the tourniquet I'm cool with, but like, Hey dude, how about like a pen? <laughs> I don't know. Like three knives, a $4,000 gun. Um, two mags like that. Yeah, exactly. So for those who are listening, he's holding up a thing before leaving home. Like, what does it say? Uh, before leaving home, keys, check, wallet, check, cell phone, check, knife, check, other knife, check, third knife, check, gun, check, backup gun, check, three spare mags, check. Yeah. And so I, I screenshot this cause I'm going to just put a big question mark. Med kit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're get, you're like literally walking into like Nakatomi Plaza, like you might want a med kit with you. So I guess that ankle kit is going to be a pretty good self medical kit, or if you were to choose to do so to help someone yeah. else. Yeah, like this medical kit, it has a save on it. Um, you know, I took my medical kit off at a car crash and and took care of someone with it. Um, but it all boils down to and why I'm showing it and. It, it's something that I carry. Uh, I have a save myself that helps me justify why I carry it. Um, but then number two, like, hey, whiskey, go somewhere else. I'll be there in a minute. It's a 120-pound German Shepherd. He's, he's very needy. Yep, yeah. Working dogs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it gets to this that when I held up that ankle kit, I had a tourniquet, I had combat gauze, I had gloves, I had a pressure bandage, and I had chest seals. That's going to help me take care of essentially those first three letters, massive hemorrhage, airway, breathing. And then I could do a little bit of stuff in circulation. But I'm keeping someone alive. I'm not trying to be a mobile trauma center. If I wanted to do that, if I wanted to have the perfect EDC, I'd have me, I'd have behind me, a platoon of Marines. Then behind that, I'd have an ambulance fully stocked. And then behind that, I'd have a marching band announcing my arrival. (laughs) But it's just not feasible. So I carry what I can for me to take care of me. Um, And that's about all you can do. And if someone's trying to sell a bigger med kit or trying to sell additional things, one thing that got me interested in Dark Angel was when I was active duty, before I had anything to do with them, was the kit is everything you need and nothing you don't. Because if you remember your, your IFAC, like what were some of the silly items in your individual first aid kit when you were in? Uh, oh, man. I don't know what you, would, what, I, what you would define as silly versus mine. Like I never used the NPA. I never had to, though. I don't know if that's silly. Did you have chapstick in there? I don't think so, dude. Yeah. Electrolyte powder? I don't think so. so. People have that in their IFACs? Chapstick? The stock stock IFAC was two panels. 
one panel was trauma items. The other one had like chapstick, electrolyte powder, sunscreen, like just nonsense. Oh, wow. And so I'm looking at these for my guys and I'm like, these are freaking stupid. This is useless. So I, looked, I started looking up like, hey, what's the, what is the items that I need my guys to have? You know, the stuff that I need them to be able to do. So when we show up to take care of the dude, that's already done. And now I can focus on all of the other medical stuff that uh, they'd actually have to go to school to do. Who, who's, uh, who's IFACs were you pulling to find these things? Cause that sounds like some air force type IFACs. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just actually joking, but <laughs> no, it, it's a hundred percent correct. I, I could be uh, wrong, but I don't remember having those in my IFAC, but that's fucking hilarious. Would you just replicate, would you just replicate the ankle kit? For like, I'm a dad. I've got a wife and a kid. Would you just be like, all right, ankle kit times three, and the diaper bag, whatever. Sort of. So like, like this backpack right here, right? He's so holding up like a very small, feminine-looking bag. Very small, right? But it's got a little secret panel down on the bottom, nice. and in there is a tourniquet, and then this stick, which is the same size as a double mag. Right, so if you're putting two M4 magazines, but in here, just this tiny little stick is uh, chest seals, uh, combat gauze, a pressure bandage, gloves, an eye shield, uh, additional non-hemostatic gauze, uh, and yeah, I think that's it. But that's a lot in that little stick. And for those listening, he pulled it out of a very accessible spot in his backpack out of the bottom. It was not at the very bottom of the main compartment underneath like eight days of clothes, um, four pounds of tissues and 80 things of chapstick that you keep buying. Cause you can't find it again. Right. Like it was very accessible. He can reach, he can reach it very quickly if he needs to. Right. Is how, yeah. and that's what I tell guys about like how quickly can you grab something if you needed it? Um, and that's more in regards to like weapons, but it's even more important for medical stuff, right? So for those who are listening. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, so both of them are, are equally important in that regard. And, and that's where, what I'm getting at about like the silly IFACs that I came across. Now that's not every IFAC, right? So like when I got to Cannon Air Force Base, when I got to a, the SOCOM umbrella, those IFACs were gone, okay? But it was when it dawned on me that we have a lot of unnecessary stuff in kits. And so- coming across like that little stick that I showed you that all it had were those items. Those are the keep you alive items. So having your IFAC only being those items, you just pop that open and there you go. You're off to saving versus digging through the clothes and the chapstick and the bandanas and the old pair of shoes and all of these things. So, you know, carry where it's useful for you. You know, I don't, I don't have an end all. And that's where like I talk with different folks. I say, okay, well, do you wear pants often? Do you wear shorts? You know, are you wearing skinny jeans? Do you wear back? I was just going to say, I was like, do you have like an alternative for those of us who wear tapered leg jeans? Um, they're not skinny bro. Cause I fucking lift. So like, I just fill them out. Uh, where could I, <laughs> so I tell myself, um, that's a good thing. To, that's a good thing to know. Um, but at the very least, like, I don't know, moms have purses, dads, you know, or regular people don't have kids. They might have a laptop back that they're carrying with them, but that ankle kit's pretty dope. Um, 
Yeah, I like it. You know, uh, Filster, who's out of Philly. Um, Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, Filster, who's out of, I forget where. Um, <laughs> and then us. And then there's a couple other companies that make the really small. It's like the size of like a, a dad wallet. Um, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a good kit to just have. Uh, there's, there's so many options that basically gets rid of the excuse. Yeah. For those who don't know, Filster, P-H-L-S-T-E-R, he makes a very compact, like emergency wallet. So like there is no excuse. Um, you've got a pocket for additional wallet. I don't care how much Lulu or virus you're wearing, dude those compression pants now have little pockets for the, for the pop, for the phones. They can, you can fit that wallet in there in case you like, you know, um, let's just slice your femoral artery open on like a barbell clean. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at like just, just gym fails, right? Yeah, man. You're out there, you're, you're doing, you're doing your freaking sweet snatches. Hey, (laughs) I did it. I did it today. Right. Yeah. It goes back too far. And now you got an open, you know, <laughs> you've got an open bone bleed and you're just laying there and like the gym staff's like, we don't know what to do because we're a gym. Why would we have medical supplies? Yeah. And you're like, well, great. Uh, let's wait for the ambulance. Hopefully there's nothing going on or traffic and the ambulance can get there in five minutes. Uh, hopefully, maybe six if we're going the national average, five to six minutes. That's a long time when you're in a world of pain. It is a long time. Yeah. Especially when you consider a, a large artery, like a brachial artery or a femoral artery, um, you can lose a liter of blood in a minute and you can bleed out. Uh, Folks, that's a lot of blood. If you, if you don't know, that's all that, that's a lot of blood, <laughs> it's a significant amount of blood. It's a lot of blood and you, you can bleed out to the point of no return in, in three minutes or less with one yeah. of those major arteries. So yeah, man. talking national response time, not just in a gym, just anywhere. Uh, that's, Five to six minutes, that's two to three minutes too late. Awesome. Anything else you'd recommend people carry medically on them besides the uh, ankle medical kit, uh, spring ready, 15% off at darkangelmedical.com? Oh, good plug. (laughs) Um, No, it it really, it's what you're going to carry. Like, what are you doing most of the time? Um, All right. So look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad. I have two kids. I don't do any, I don't do any, um, job that's like lumber milling or anything that has like a, a occupational hazard like that. But we go on hikes and, um, we go to the mall. What do you recommend? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for hikes, obviously you have a backpack, right? Um, and I'm not going to hold my backpack up again because I already plugged it and I hate plugging stuff too much. Um, is that, is that a, oh, that, that's not like, that's a backpack that Dark Angel makes? Sure is. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know that. I was like, okay, very cool. Yeah, no, that, that's one of Dark Angel's backpacks. I have an entire trunk full of stuff. It's just ready for class. So I didn't bring it out for this. Gotcha. Um, plus it'd just be a show and tell and it'd be like, well, this would be good for this and this. The thing is, is, you know, tool around on the, on the sites for you, you know, on your hikes, one of the things that I always recommend is where your camelback bladder is, uh, slide in a couple SAM splints, which are the moldable bendable splints. Cause you can still have your camelback, but now you have splints for those rolled ankles, those broken bones. And then 
throw in just your whatever med kit that's in your car, you know. Um, but when you're hiking around the mall, uh, the little pocket one and just like a flat fold tourniquet, because one of the things that I always hear is like a tourniquet's too big for me to carry, right? Well, this is a soft T wide, which is one of the Committee of Tactical Combat Casualty Care recommended tourniquets. And so you're holding up like a, oh, okay. You're comparing it to an iPhone, like a, probably a, a, a plus size iPhone. It's yeah. almost the same. It's basically no, a phone. It's really, size. wow. Your hands are just so small just, then. They're so small. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, that's a tourniquet and that like, thing packs down really small. That's awesome. So when people are saying, oh, I can't carry a tourniquet, I'm like, well, all right, well, you can. What did you mention earlier that it was approved by who, that tourniquet? Uh, the Committee of Tactical Combat Casualty Care. So it's recommended, not approved. That's a So T, T that's the C, T, triple C, basically, right? That's, yeah, essentially. And, and if you say it's T, triple C recommended, people understand. Yeah, so if it's not, would you recommend maybe doing some more research on that? Yeah, um, like right now there's, be, there's three weary. tourniquets. Uh, there's the cat tourniquet, which is the combat application tourniquet, which was in the backpack that I held up. That was the cat tourniquet. It's a little bit bigger, so I carry it like on my range bag or my hiking bag or uh, what have you. Um, the one that I carry every day is the soft T wide, which is the special operations forces tactical tourniquet wide. Take a breath. Long acronym. Good, good. Uh, good and there's also a Canadian EMT tourniquet, which is emergency medical tourniquet. But that one uh, is pneumatic and no one carries it. That's why you've never heard of it. Um, so the, the two tourniquets that are most predominant, have the most fielding, the most research behind them is the cat and the soft T-wide. Okay. There are so, other tourniquets out there. There's there's the SWAT T, there's the RATS, there's the RMT, there's the SAM XT. There's a bunch. But the thing is, is they either don't have enough research behind them yet in terms of they've been applied, studied, shown that they're effective, or they never had any research in the first place. Um, so, so don't be a medical hipster. Just buy the ones that are research-backed, cat T yeah. and soft T. Soft T wide, yep. Would I would also, I'd also probably think that a hiking bag or that that bag with the splints in it, with the kits, like, man, if you just hung that up somewhere very visibly in your house for everyone to know, that way it's very easy to grab when the kid falls outside off a tree, breaks his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, nay. You don't need a kit for. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need a kit for everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's the that's one of the first things people do is they're like, well, I need a kit for the car and for home and for my everyday. And that's why when I said, hey, if you're going hiking, just grab the kit that's in your car. Yep. Right. You already Perfect. have a kit. Um, I'm not I'm not here to you know snake oil you and be like, you need a thousand billion trillion kits. Uh, the the best kit is the one that you have on you. Boom. Where can people find you guys? Uh, so www.darkangelmedical.com, super difficult. Um, and if you have any questions, like one of my things that I, I'm always about is if you have questions or you want to kind of look into a med kit or you have, you want to buy something and you're like, Hey, I don't know if this is good or not. I don't care if it's dark angel or not. I just want you to carry something good. Um, so I'm doc Bridger. So D O C bridge B R I D G E R 
Doc Bridger on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Like, I don't care. If I'm awake, uh, most of the time I'm just sitting around the house pretending like I'm busy. Um, so I'm happy to answer questions, happy to kind of direct you to, to something um, for sure. So, uh, And what is uh, Dark Angel's Dark Instagram? Dark Angel Medical. Perfect. That's the, probably the most important one for the gram always. Yeah, for, yep. Always for the gram. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing, like you'll, you'll get those discount codes. So if you feel like something, you know, is a little too spendy right now, uh, just, just wait around. We put out discount codes more than any other company I know, uh, because we want to get those kits in your hands. So <laughs> good Samaritans, dude, thank you so much. Um, yeah. guys buy the kit. Like you just get it. Cause it's something that you need. Don't, don't wait. Like you can wait for the discount code. Um, but you're going to want to need that thing. It's better to need and not have than need it and just flail about panicking. Right. Um, thank you for your time, dude. Dark angel, medical, dark angel, medical.com, uh, dark angel medical on Instagram. I'm going to need that, uh, ankle cam. I'm going to grab that spring ready promo code. Perfect, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you found some value or content in that. If you did, if you please just take like 20 seconds and go to iTunes. I think we have like five reviews right now. And leave us a review. Just Or just rate us five stars or one star. But if you rate us less than five stars or four stars, give me a reason why. Give me a good reason because I want to improve upon why you think it wasn't that great. Thank you to our sponsors, Nova 3 Labs, Imam Box, Element 26, Truest U. Thank you to you guys. Follow us, alpha.brew.coffee uh, on Instagram, alphabrewcoffee.com. Stay savage.